Welcome back to Zoo Notable on PJ with Zoo Fit. And today is probably, uh, again, giving me chills with excitement. I, I am just so honored to have our next guest, Jerry Creighton. Is again, I call him the best thing that's happened to zoo elephants and uh, to elephants and zoos. And he's just the most forward-thinking man when it comes to animal welfare, and he's a very, very passionate, enthusiastic uh, zoo and elephant advocate. I've known him for many years, and he's recently written a great book. It's just an amazing, thoughtful, honest book about working at the Dublin Zoo. It's called Raised by the Zoo, My Life with Elephants and Other Animals, and Folks, I'm going to let Jerry do as much talking as possible because he's got some amazing things to say. So let's dive right in in with uh, Jerry Creighton and Raised by the Zoo. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me, Jerry. (laughs) No, pleasure, Patty. Tell me, how how are you doing? How was Hawaii? How was life over there? Oh, it's a nice little zoo. They focus on, which was really great for them and and something that you would really be you know, advocate for is that they specialize in what they call pantropical. So like they kind of looked at the latitude of where Hawaii is and they kind of spread just a little bit below and a little bit above. And so they don't have any uh, cold weather animals at all. All of them are- Excellent. Yeah, well that's- Tropical species. That's the the way forward, buddy. That's good, that's good. Yeah, I really do respect what they've they've done there. I'm interested in how how the- uh, how the transport had the the new herd gone to Cincinnati yet or yes they, they yes they, they yeah they arrived there yeah, a little over two weeks ago and they've settled in really really well they they give there was a lot of time put into the training and the preparation and they actually it was an incredibly good move and good. they're they're doing doing really good in the house good good we can get into the book of like what you've written is a is really powerful and great job with with the book I, overall oh, it's really, from from a you know zookeeper's perspective it was you know i was like oh thank you so much for pointing out so many of these these facets of being a you know, zookeeper and also working with the zoo but even i found and I had to try and pull myself out of the zookeeper mentality. And but even as it's an animal lover, I think you did just a great job of laying out everything that zoos are are about. Their history, they're not so maybe not so perfect. You know, perfect. Yeah, thanks for that. Not so perfect history, but but also how we're moving forward. So, uh, yeah, Fantastic thank you, thank you. Job. Well, that was the key. That that was the key message that I I wanted to get across. But he was that you know, you know, we 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 have to keep understanding how we need to change, you know, and, and the evolutionary process that we're where we are now. There's no doubt things are better and things are getting there, and even particularly for elephants as a species, they're getting better. But we we need to do so much more. And and for me. I guess the biggest problem I, I struggle with it is, is, is the diversity in the approach to elephant management across, across the world, uh, across the USA, everywhere. Everybody seems to have a different perception of what protected contact is, what elephant management is, and everybody um, wants to kind of have their own imprint on it, where you know we, we, we really need to sit together, we need to hold hands, walk in, in a line, 
and, and do the best for 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 the elephant. So, yeah. you know, although I, I'm very very excited. Um, for me personally, which I've mentioned in the book, I'm very lucky. I'm working with the Hellless Wild Animal Park in in the UK, and um, we're on the verge of bringing you know 13 elephants back to Shimba Hills to a reserve before mm-hmm. a full release. That's very significant. That's very important. Um, equally. I'm working in the UAE, which is a project of the opposite direction where elephants, because of human elephant conflict, were taken back into the wild, Paddy, and uh, excuse me, from the wild into a, into a human care situation. Now, these elephants are incredibly inspiring. I struggled with, I just struggled with, you know, the, the idea of them coming back in. I, I understood some of the politics, but it's fascinating what we're doing there. I, I, I'll be able to show in a couple of weeks' time, and I'd love to talk to you more in detail about it. But anyway, we have a, an area that's about over 30 acres of just for elephants. You say 30, it, 30 like yeah. three zero? Wow. Three zero. Wow. And 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 you know, I, we created wallows there, and we created um destinations and journeys. Pretty, I I I I you know I think very much out of the box when it comes to elephants, and I want to I want to create a new dawn, a new dawn for elephants. Um, um, anyway I can, and so what we're doing there is everything is about resource movement. Elephants having a purpose, autonomy, choice, mm-hmm. control moving to a destination and um, I've seen examples of it. I watched the elephants in Alliance Zoo the other day for three hours. Uh, even though they knew I was there, I was non-existent in their life. And that for me, that's what, you know, what the new modern elephant keeper needs to be, non-existent in your animal's life. But let me clarify what that means. That means like being the architect of the animal's environment, creating all the opportunities, all the resources outside in the habitat, but then just standing back and and um and and it, you know just letting let that happen is creating these dynamic you know opportunities for the mm-hmm. elephants. But when they when they come out into the area, you become non-existent. And I watched these elephants for three hours in Alliance Zoo, and the decision process was just so beautiful to see them moving. You could actually physically and mentally see them making decisions together collectively as a herd. That's amazing. Interacting with, That's... Oh, amazing. I, I mean, uh, uh, interacting with the environment. And then, you know, I started to think a little bit more like last year when I was asked to come on board. And I said, you know, we, we need to do something really different that hasn't been done before. So what we do there is I would bring in the JCB's big machinery and make a massive topography change overnight. So the elephants come out. And they have to, oh, okay, do I go left? Do I go right? Do I go over the hill? How do I find the resources that were there yesterday? And you're creating this thought process of challenging them, you know. And then what I decided then was that, okay, yesterday the hay net was full in one particular area. But today it's only going to have a minuscule amount of food. Mm -hmm. So what what I'm trying to say is elephants and a lot of animals are programmed for disappointment and for, for searching for resources. So now this would only be temporarily, but they would go to a certain area where yesterday was rich in resources. Now today it isn't. So they have to go and figure out, okay, this hasn't, this wasn't what it was like yesterday. Where do we go? And they maximize every inch, every space, every sand mound in that habitat. And then I, I you know, I decided we have three or four um, very large pools with water. So I changed the water flows. So one day they come out, where the water was yesterday, it's not there before. Mm. And then they have to go searching and looking. And you're bringing it to a new level in terms of mental and physical stimulation. 
Right. You know, and th and this is where we need to go. Like for for these, they don't go around in circles. They don't. They don't just stand around. Um. We, you know, we really have to take it to the next level. And and I really believe now the project that I'm working with in, in Alliance Zoo, and both Melbourne Zoo. I'm working with Melbourne Zoo too. Who is the city zoo? And they've kind of kind of finally said, Paddy, um, you know, we're done um in terms of a city zoo. We can't do it no more. And this is what I'm glad that some some zoos in the USA have finally said, Yeah, we can't do it either. And they're going to the Tennessee sanctuary. Yeah. We all need to we need to work together for the better of the elephants. Melbourne Zoo are actually nearly 40, 50 acres now for just elephants alone. They've moved them out to where to be open range. Oh and I've been wonderful. Yeah, that's gonna happen in the next couple of months. And I've been working with the Melbourne team on the same principles. New day, new experience, you know, bringing these animals to a quality of life that they've never had. Challenges physically, mentally, resourcefully, um, surprises. You know, this is where we have to go. And what I've seen, as I said, I'm only starting with both, uh, with, with both projects in terms of the elephant's wellness. But the, er the indications are that, you know, they just love these challenges. You know, elephants don't like, they don't like it. They don't want a handy meal. They don't want a handy meal on the ground. They want right. it, they, you know, they want, they want to go searching, looking, foraging for everything that they can do. You know, it, it, going back to the book, that's definitely what I wanted to get across. Was, you know, I mean, there's nobody more passionate about zoos than me and nobody more defensive about zoo, zoos than me at the moment. But we have to, we have to step up to the table we have to uh, reinvent ourselves to a certain degree. We have to work together, like collectively, communally, and 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 realize that we've made huge mistakes. But the 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 future is essential for zoos. And you know, when you look at um, you know what's happening again, like you know, going around the world, and you know, like imagine, like you know, hundred years ago, ten million elephants, and we're down to three hundred and seventy-five thousand in Africa. Right. You know, by the time this podcast air chat ends, there'll probably be four African elephants killed in that time. Mm -hmm. That's the reality of it. That's it. Like that, 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 that's where you know we, we've got to embrace and, and we certainly forget about knocking zoos. That's the anachronistic idea of oh, zoos are this or that. And, and as I say to people, go and look at your local zoo. And thankfully, so many of them are so far ahead now, doing incredible work. Wildlife has been pushed into pockets everywhere. And these pockets are zoos. So we have to support them. We have to work for them. So that was, you know, like, again, with the book, I want, that was the message I wanted to get across. But I wanted to get, a, a, you know, across an honest account of a zookeeper's life. I was very lucky. I, You know, I was second generation zookeeper. You know, with my father, um, I, I was blessed to be to be brought up as a baby practically in the zoo. <laughs> You know, that's where the book is called Raised by the Zoo, My Life with Elephants and Other Animals. And, and you know, to see Dublin Zoo change from a Victorian zoo to what really is a, a zoo that I'm very proud of, a sec, you know, a centre for excellence, you know, in terms of, you know, animals where, you know, we're very proud on the idea that animals go first and people come second in our zoo. Yes, and I, I like that. <laughs> yeah, and that's the way it is. I've said it, you know, the animals go first, people come second. And... Well, the great thing was for me too was the um the change, the level the how people changed, Paddy, because when I, I was a kid and people would buy come up to the zoo with bags of fruit and throw it to the primates and throw it into the animal exhibits. But then we got this zoo TV show 
called the Zoo TV series in Ireland. Um, and it's it's one of the longest TV shows in the world now, 13 years. But I remember that the director then, Leo Wusterweigel, um, a Dutchman who was very visionary, and I worked very, very closely with him. And um, he only allowed the TV cameras in when we could show everything behind the scenes, when we had done all our infrastructure. But you know, he said to me one day, he said, Jerry, this is not going to be about cute baby animals. This is about to be, this is going to be all about zoo life. Because mm. people often ask me, Paddy, um, well, what's the mortality rate at Dublin Zoo? But I say, it's actually 100%. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. everything, everything dies at some point. But here's the reason why. And this is how we manage it. But, so we showed everything, like you know, animals being killed, um, you know, in, in natural situations for g- group dominance, uh, animals being, you know, every reason coming and going, being moved, every single reason in the world. And we even euthanized a lioness one time live on the TV program. And it was to educate people why this decision was made. And the next day we got 6,000 emails from all members of the public saying, wow, now we understand how the zoo works. Thank you for explaining that. Now we see the incredible work that Dublin Zoo does. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Now we understand zoo life. So that was a very, very important moment. So, yeah, th- th- like this is what it's all about. You know, um, the role of the zoo is just so, so important. It's just so good to be to be uh, to be involved. And, you know, I wanted to, I wanted the book to be a message of hope. But, you know, be aware that, you know, we can't we can't rest on our laurels. We got to keep moving forward. We got to keep working together collectively. You know, we've got to understand the role that you know. So that's what I wanted. And plus, you know, there were so many nice stories about my life. You know, growing up in the zoo with lions and tigers living in the house, and you know, sharing your breakfast with a chimpanzee. You know, that kind of stuff, which was amazing. That thankfully it it, it happens less and less now because of you know different needs and proper management and. You know yourself, it's all evolved and we, thankfully we don't have to hand, raise animals like we used to, but right. it was an incredible journey. It was an incredible journey and, you know, to be to be there and that association with my family, my father. And I, I just wanted to, you know, I don't think there's enough zookeeper. I mean, I know I'm a, I'm a consultant now globally, but I'm a zookeeper. That's yes. what I am. I, mean, <laughs> I, I And, you know, it doesn't matter. Like I go to these countries and I'm working as a consultant now. You know, when you're a consultant, obviously animals have to be cleaned and, and washed and before you do your presentations and your education. And I, I like in Alline and hell it's a place to go. And I grab the shovel and I kind of said, Oh, he actually picks up shit too. And I say, Yeah, that's exactly what I do. I, I help clean animals and I this is what I want to do. Cause the more we can the quicker we can get the house clean, the more work we can do with the elephants. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is, you know, that's what you are, you're a keeper. You know, and I've been very, very lucky. Like Alan Rucroft has been an amazing man for me. I know Alan over 25 years. He was a mentor. He invested so much of his time with me, Paddy, that he, he educated me. You know, he 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 trusted me. And uh, you know, I learned so much from Alan and Alan's vision for the future. And I'm just I'm just really, really happy now to you know to be out there making a difference. You know, to, just well, hopefully I'm making a difference because as we know, the injustice that elephants got in human care mm. was was wrong, but we can't dwell on that. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm very positive about elephants for the future, and you know, 
there's no, uh, it's not the wild. You know, you, you can't argue that the wild is the wild, but there is no such thing as the wild really anymore when you think of what's happening to elephants and what's happening to, to you know, 27, there's less than 27, 30,000 elephants left in, um, you know, in, in India, 375,000 left in Africa. Like, it's just crazy how it's happening and, and this demise of these incredible species that we both love. Mm. So, you know, zoos, zoos, I'm not saying zoos are their future, but zoos are going to be a very, very important part of their future until economics and countries in, in Africa, which are incredibly corrupt from the highest levels of government. So the zoos, you know, like that we love and, and know are, will make a difference, are making a difference. And it's just it's just great to see, you know, the change. The, the and This is what I hope the message was that came true in the book, that we, we have to be hopeful for a new dawn. And but most importantly, we have to work together and we have to work together for the elephants. Yes, that's again the important thing that I that I, I've really come to realize that again, like you know, the the animals, I, I have a I have a unique perspective. Again, um I left the zoo for just a little while to do what I call zoo fit, and I discovered that the animals do come first, but that's why I have to come first. And, uh, and, but um, that's again, a different, what we're talking about is different than what I, what I do. So I am on the individual level, like take care of yourself so that you can show up for the animals, but you're right. talking about like the zoos mentality. So for years, zoos have just have been simply an, an entertainment spot come here and look and gawk at the animals. You know, as you said, throw food at them and just seeing how, oh, that's cool. But now zoos are still, and let's, let's be honest here, zoos are still an entertainment spot. However, they've evolved to more than just that. They are. Absolutely. And, and that evolution too, yeah, correct, it's entertainment. Um, and correct this education and conservation. Of course, it has to be entertainment. If you're going yeah. to go with the average family of 2.2 children in, in the USA or Ireland going to do, we want our kids in entertained. But the entertainment is different because it's an, an educational entertainment. And and for me, like, you know, I, I looked, I went to, to a local school the other day. It's actually my daughter's school. And, and um, yeah, these kids are 16, 17 years old. And I, I gave my spiel about the world and the zoo and how, how things can be managed for the future. And at the end of this hour-long presentation, we did another 45 minutes of questions. And these kids just blew me out of the water with their intelligence, mm -hmm. their compassion, their kindness, how they, how they were dealing with all these situations, uh, you know, which was, was really incredible. They're just different. They're different level of kids. Like they're just so smart, you know. And and and, and the future is there. Yeah. You yeah. Know, the future is there. So I, I've got a lot of hope for the future. I really have. I've got a lot of optimism for the future, and it really is that next generation that's going to do it for us. You know, they're just so much smarter. Like years ago, the kids would say, "What did the, what did the animals feed, Mister?" Now the kids are saying, "I'm aware of this situation." So you know we we we've got to be optimistic, um, and we, you know we've got we've got to just continue to do that role that our zoo our zoos are doing. But you know we were supposed to talk about a book, but you know that's maybe just keep I just keep talking about animals. But you know, <laughs> well you you again no. we are still talking about the book because we talked. Yeah, no, about exactly. The, it's all mentioned. The, the I, I'm just kidding. Yeah, 
you uh, you yeah. go through a bit of the history and and I, folks, if you if you want to learn again a really uh, honest look at the history of zoos, again, I will admit I came into this field a little after the turn. I mean, I I've seen some you know incredible advances as I was growing up, but then I came into the field after those advances were really taking hold. So naturalistic exhibits. Um, again, I do remember seeing just sterile pools for marine animals and seeing just you know a cage. I remember seeing them when I went to zoos as a child, but when I got into the field, those naturalistic exhibits were starting to take hold. Um, positive reinforcement training was definitely taking hold. So that's what I kind of, what I say I grew up with in the, in the field was again, this positive reinforcement training um, and naturalistic exhibits and enrichment for the animals. But Jerry, you, you've lived those, those, yeah. you know, those phases, those changes. So I'm fascinated by that. And I really appreciate that very honest look at how, how it was for zoos and, and how you you helped helped your zoo grow and uh, and make those changes? Yeah, it, it, that's that was one of the big points in the book that made me so proud. Like to be part. I remember, as I said, in the eighties um, when we were collecting food from supermarkets to, to to feed the animals, and you know the zoo was at a, it was an old Victorian zoo with a wide range of husbandry and structural problems to where it is now. Like you know with the design and how we changed and you know, where we actually looked at the animal's biology as mm -hmm. a reference point for design. You know, a very like the gorilla habitat in Dublin Zoo is amazing. 15,000 plants, 200 different species, all edible at different times of the year. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's a remarkable. I remember walking up there. I've, I've actually an amazing picture. I'll send you on. And it's a big horse chestnut tree. I went up at 7 a.m. one morning to check on one of the gorillas. And there was a baby gorilla, maybe two or three years old, away from the the troop. She had come out herself to the outside habitat and she was on the top of the tree. It was like she was silhouetting and dancing to the morning sunrise. And I said, wow, 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 we've got it right. You know, and as I say, for me, as a kid, like, you know, when you were walking, of course, you know, you it was very different. You, were, you had your shirt and tie in the afternoon. The lions would hear your keys rattling and they would look at you and the people say, oh, wow, he must like the zookeeper. You got a buzz out of that. You thought it was great. <laughs> but really, but really, you know, that, uh, when you, it was it was pathetic when I look back. But it, it, you know, it was all part of the evolutionary process. But the point yeah. was that was that was as good as it got for the animals, Paddy, that day. Me walking down at four o'clock. Now, when I go, when I'm in, you know, when I was working in Dublin Zoo, when I'm working in yeah the UAE, Howlets, wherever I'm working, and the elephants come out in the morning, and I'm going hey hey hey, and they don't even want to look at me yeah. because we've we've created so much dynamic landscapes, resources, where we're so insignificant in our life. And when we become so insignificant in our life, Patty, we're winning. We're actually right. achieving. We're achieving. Right. So I was, I do want to, again, pull away from the book just for a minute, just to, again, show you how, how we, we met and how you've inspired me even. And so I think I met, I know I met Alan, um, a couple years before you at a, at an elephant care workshop. And yeah, I was, he was, he was pinpointing Dublin zoo. Uh, he was saying Dublin is doing it right. And so a couple years later, I'm like obsessed with the, with 
uh, Ireland and, and the UK myself. So I, I made a trip out to England, but uh, this is the beginnings, like before Zoo Creepers, folks. <laughs> so this was, uh, this was when Facebook was big, but it wasn't, Zoo Creepers was not even a, uh, even a, a, a group forum there. And I just looked online and uh, I think Pat Malu, my, my, uh, my elephant manager said, yeah, check out Dublin. You need to go to Dublin. I'm like, oh yeah, Dublin's on my radar. So uh, you were so, so gracious to not just let me visit your zoo, but you literally opened your doors and uh, let me, uh, let me explore your elephant, you know, your elephant team and your elephant exhibit. And it was, folks, what Jerry's talking about in his book is 100% true. It is mind blowing how amazing your exhibit. And this was in 2014. But yeah, I was just blown away by what what you all are doing in Dublin. And I was blown away by what you know, again, I visited, uh, visited Hallett's, I visited Chester Zoo that you talk about in, in the book too, blown away by the programs that are happening here at, in the UK, but really Dublin, wow, it just took the cake yeah. for me. It really was, and, that, and, and that, that's what really made me be so proud, um, you know, and obviously it was a much bigger team than just Jerry, and you know, Alan Rucroft was there, Alan, Alan, and we sat down together with the director, Leo Ustavegel, um, who was a, an amazing man, he had a vision for the future too, that and we had Jones and Jones, Seattle-based mm -hmm, architects mm -hmm. that came over, and we we came up with plans, and you know, and and then we'd nine cast born over the next decade, all in in Herdberts, everyone with a different a different approach, and then you know we 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 had such global influence because you know we allowed elephants to be elephants, elephants on their terms. Mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing Jerry could ever teach them about learning to have a baby or learning what to do. It was about elephants. So what we created, the resources, the environment, you know, the approach, uh, it was just beautiful to see things unfold. That natural behaviors, the sleeping, we've done locomotion studies, sleep studies, everything that proved that, again, it's not the wild, but we proved that they were living a comparable lifestyle. Yeah. And then, you know, other zoos, other zoos took note. I was brought to Oregon Zoo, for example. Uh, we set up the first um, protected contact wall in China in Nanjing Zoo. I was sent there. And, um, you know, just that, the influence that we had and, you know, the passion, of course, I have. I mean, I talk about elephants for, you know, for as long as I can, <laughs> if, if anyone's going to listen. You know, it was, as I said, again, it was gorgeous being in my daughter's school the other day. And when she came home after school the, that day, you know, I kept saying, God, your dad is so cute. He just talks with so much passion about the elephants. You know, you just want to, you want to make that difference. And for, for the influence that, you know, a, a, a small little country like Ireland, for what we achieved with our elephants, the, the global um, recognition, what resonated to change elephants' lives, Patty. That was, that's what it was about for me, you know, and to be part of such a successful team. And that's why, you know, what, what had happened then, you know, which I've mentioned in the book, 2020, COVID, there was a change of management in the zoo. And I had worked with the previous director very well. I was kind of his right-hand man in terms of the animals. And then I said, is it time to go on your own? Um, if I don't, I'll probably regret it for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. I did. I'm glad, I'm glad I did. And I, I still have a great association with Dublin Zoo. I still will consult there when they need me. But um, like to be out there now, 
you know, learning what my accumulated knowledge, which is nearly four decades now in in, in elephants and, and, and in zoos, and to be able to make that difference, like, the, and I've been on every continent in the world in the last year, and I, you know, I, I, and just to be able to make a difference for, for the elephants, for the future, for the staff, for the team, for the zoo, it's just so, so rewarding, you know, because that's, that's my passion. That's my love. That's my, you know, I just, I just want to be able to, you know, Alan Rucroft done incredible things. Like he, he had worked through free contact and, you know, like myself, I work free contact and, you know, we, we've often sit there in Dublin and have a beer together and say, we know what's best for the elephants. And it's certainly not a hook. Mm. We know that the kindness is the key. Uh, animals having autonomy, having control over their day, you know, I'm just creating these amazing resources. So that that's what offers me so much hope for the future in terms of zoos and how, how they're going to manage. So, yeah, listen, things are good, you know, in terms of we've still a lot of work to do. We've still got a lot of, but, you know, when you have people with, with, with passion, you will, you will achieve, you will achieve. Yeah. And you do have so much passion. But I mean, there's so much other ways of, of enlightening visitors too. Like, you know, you can use tar- technology, you can harvest yeah. technology. For example, in the UAE, what we're going to be doing now, we have a massive big indoor space. It's huge. And we have we have hoists that rotational hoists that will go up and down, feed pods. So you're going to bring these kids up or families up. They have they're going to have a you know like a little keypad, like a computer. They're going to press it, they're going to drop the hoist down, all the elephants are going to move towards the hoist. You're going to use <laughs> you're going to use technology. But they won't be standing there with in front of trunks where we're all trying to watch and hope the elephant doesn't grab them, you know, for this little this encounter. They're still going to do it. So technology can be harvested and 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 used to still give visitor experience, really, which is very important. We got to do it. You know, we got to give proper visitor experience. But it doesn't mean standing there putting an apple into an elephant's trunk with the right. keeper hoping, you know, the keeper hoping that the, the, the elephant doesn't lash out. And using the, the modern technology, as I said, we we we've done it. We've done it in Dublin for you know, you can put a code in, you know, and the food is dropped. And you can say, and they go, wow, they don't care because it's you know they're in control of this elephant being fed. You can still do this amazing visitor experience. The elephant doesn't know the people are involved, right? So there's no there's no negative association. No, when they come along, good things happen. You know what I mean? So you, you, we've got to move beyond it. You know, the past is the past, Patty. And the bottom line is, we've made a mess of elephants in the past. There's yeah. nothing we can take from the past into the future. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing at all. So it's a new dawn. It's a new beginning. We're making great headways. Elephants are having, you know, as I said before, autonomy, choice, control. It's a new vision for the future. And we are showing that they have a future in human care. Yeah. And I, I do like that. Again, not just like the elephants being elephants, but like, you know, what is the real purpose of this elephant being here? Is it is it to entertain us or is it to show their, you know, show their beauty, their majesty? Do we have to be involved in every step to show how beautiful and amazing these elephants are? Is it for us feeling good or for us to, to take, yeah. you know, take the best care of them? I love that. I really do love that. And I see that in almost every page of, of your you. book is that, you know, you, you love the elephants so much that you're going to, you know, do what's best for them not what exactly. feel not what feels good to no. you because yeah it would, it would feel great to say. have that elephant you know snuggle i mean elephants don't snuggle but but you know with oh, us 
But as I said, Paddy, the biggest, the biggest achievement for me is when I walk by the elephant habitat and I'm non-existent. They don't even look at me. They don't care. I can do, I could, I can do somersaults. I can do a dance. I can shake me keys all I want. But they, I, I mean nothing in their lives because I've created an environment where they can interact and express all their biological reference points. That's the success. That's the key to good elephant keeping. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about this and and in your book, one of my fa- my favorite chapter that I just like put notes all over is a manifesto for the future. So your last chapter, but yeah. in here you do say, I love to see a day when we don't need zoos, but that is not going to happen anytime soon. However, zoos play a critical role in the conservation of elephants and other species. And you continue on saying the next paragraph, we can't change what was done in zoos in the past. There it is, folks. Animal rights people yeah. want closed zoos because of what we've done in the past. We can't change that. It was part of an evolutionary process and we can learn from it, this history to avoid repeating it. Yes, folks, if you don't learn from it, we are doomed to repeat it. And that's what, again, the, moder- the role of the modern zoo is critical, but it must evolve. And I, again, this is what I love about Dublin Zoo. I am very, very fortunate to just visit on, the, on like kind of like it's Renaissance, but uh, but yeah. it was a, it was an amazing zoo. It bears no resemblance to the zoo where I began work as a teenager, and it continues to change and adapt. I just yeah, the zoo has a very exciting future, and uh, and that's that's again what what I love about what I love about this book. You don't hide the past you don't hide it under a rug like oh we didn't do that that's never no we did we have done a disservice to many of the animals absolutely and my my father when i talked to jerry creighton senior my father who, who who was way before his time he says to me jesus son how did i get it so wrong i said no dad you didn't get it so wrong i would not be where i am today representing elephants and and modern you know wellness approaches Without your contribution, we would have never been where we are today. You, all you could do was deal with the hand of cards that you were given at the time. And you guys did a hell of a job. But we are where we are. The next 10 years will even be more exciting. But, you know, we're, we're embracing one of the most dynamic species in the world with empathy, you know, intelligence, life for, you know, we, we're finally, finally realizing, you know, we can do so much more and we are doing it. And that's why I'm the eternal optimist i really am I'm, I'm very proud of what's happening in certain zoos i'm working with uh i'm proud that you know zoos in america now are starting to say whoa we need to sell send their elephants to the sanctuary in, in tennessee because we can no longer keep them you know that we we, we made mistakes no you know the elephants have have been you know the victims of the of the mistakes but the point is put your hand up you know uh recognize where we are Let's plan for the future for these incredible species because, you know, working together, you know, we, we can make a huge difference and we will make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. I like the whole fact that, you know, in, in 10 or 15 years, we're going to look back at even, just, you know, the, the, the positive reinforcement, but like making that relationship and cuddling and, and uh, you know, wanting to interact with the elephants all the time as antiquated, you know, I want us yeah. to see that and see, What's the, you know, this future of like, do, yes, they're in a human care, but they're still, they're still wild and they're still elephants to, to the team. They have autonomy. 
they have autonomy and a choice that you know that we we as i say as i said before the the modern elephant keeper is an architect of the animal's experiences mm -hmm. get out there create the habitats the browse the wallows the topography changes the landscape changes surprise them a new day a new experience they'll do the rest they'll do the yeah. rest <laughs> they'll yeah. do the rest <laughs> So the other part that I really, I really liked, again, we're talking about the manifesto for, for the future of, of elephants, but also of zoos, um, is it the, the other side of, of zoo, the other side of zoos, again, letting people see these animals and be inspired, inspired for what, what are we inspiring them for? What are we teaching these, uh, our visitors for what's the purpose not just to expand their mind we're doing this for a purpose and um and it is there is a little bit of like a, a still a disconnect because when a lot of our visitors many of our visitors are not going to be traveling and and buying and buying ivory um and a lot of the things that are impacting uh impacting elephants are are things that you know that we can't we can't comprehend um so you're talking about supporting communities who live side by side with these species and you yeah. actually have a statement that is that you know it's easy for me to say don't shoot an elephant or a tiger to sell the body parts when i can walk into mcdonald's and get fed that here's the point and i i've really become to to understand this and it's it's a it's still a struggle for me but some people in Indonesia, China, and Malaysia live on the equivalent to $100 a year. Think about that, folks. They're yes, supporting correct. a family, and this is, not, this is not exaggeration on Jerry's part. This is, this is a real fact. $100 a year working for the uh, palm oil plantations or, or just, just making, making ends meet, doing whatever they can. So shooting a tiger might get you $50. If I had a, six kids in a hut, I'd kill a tiger to support my family. We all would. And so we need to think bigger than just inspiring those yeah. people to do what they can. Because again, not many of them are shooting or are, are supporting the poaching. Um, what are some things that we can do to help those communities? And uh, again, Dublin Zoo is... I've had I've had a stance of like we have to show the world that these animals are worth more alive than they are Definitely. dead than worth right. than they're worth dead. So what 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 do you say? What what's some of the things that we can do? Yeah, well the point is, Patty, I'm saying that going into the villages, going into these areas that need you know that are are, are having suffering from human elephant conflict. Why don't we teach the kids to make arts and crafts and sell them in our zoo shop? Mm -hmm. Just imagine little beautiful artifacts, little toys, little little wood carvings, whatever they can do, you know, and selling them in our zoo shop. But you know, are taking ownership and see what 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 we got to change is, you know, we, we every zoo now has to become a conservation organization that happens to run a zoo, 
not a zoo that's running that's running conservation mm. that gives totes money every every year. Oh, I gave five thousand dollars to the snow leopard trust. Oh, I gave ten thousand dollars to elephants in Africa. Now that's that's not good enough no more. We need to take homage. We need to take responsibility for you know significant areas of the homeland. Take a thousand acres in Namibia, protect it, mind it. Do the same in the in the rainforests. This is what zoos need to go. You know, work with the villagers, put, you know, internships, communication, schools, you know, reach out right into the heart and soul of where it is and say, we're here for you. We're here to help you. We're here. And there, it is happening with some of the good zoos of the world, like, you know, in, in San Diego, America, you know, the Bronx, uh, Chester Zoo is doing some amazing work. But these outreach programs, but we've got to be in there in the villages mm. in, in these African countries or Asian countries or South American countries with our hand on the heartbeat of the community, showing that we really care uh, and showing alternative resources, showing alternatives, how, ways how to live. You know what I mean? Because, you know, otherwise it's going to keep on happening. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like these people are, are looking for simple means. And, but we've got to be working with the villages. The human-elephant conflict in India is phenomenal. All the people need is torches and resources. And it's still such a big deal to get them to them. I'm working with, a, with, a, with an organization out there. I hope to go out there next month and bring 100 torches with me to a village in Bengal. You know, we, you've got to get out there. You've got to be on the ground. You've got to be doing the work and supporting these people. Yeah. And you're giving them a source of revenue, a source of value, a source... And literally an ear that we're listening to. We are actually listening to you. And, you know, if if you lose your paddy field with rice or your house is knocked over, we're going to help you. But we're going to we're going to stop that from we're going to help prevent that from happening in the future. Yeah. So we've got to We've got to be in the heartbeat of the communities, Paddy. We've got to be out there doing it. We are to a certain extent. But, you know, so many zoos are still involved in token cons conservation. Oh, I gave two thousand dollars. Well, that's great. Of course, it's a help. And it makes our five. It's very beneficial. Don't get me wrong, but every zoo now needs to become a conservation organization that runs a zoo, not a zoo that happens to be involved in conservation. Yeah. Oh, that's that is brilliant, and I absolutely agree. I love it. I love it. Conservation organizations yeah. that also yeah. run a zoo. Absolutely. Um, exactly. Perfect. Okay. Jerry, you share some of your future projects in the book. You know, some things that are coming to pass. Again, we have uh, your elephants are now from from Dublin are now again across the the globe. Really, we have some in Sydney. We have some uh, that just joined us in Cincinnati. You're working all over the world. What what's what some new? Can you tell us about some new future projects? Or? Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. You know, it's amazing as I say. The UAE Zoo I'm working on. We're hoping to set up some really meaningful conservation projects in Namibia. Um, I'm 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 in negotiations too for a a. a uh, but I've been approached with there's a potential t um, documentary series next year on one of the big streamlining companies, which I can't say to full details, but it will be following <laughs> Jerry around the world. Sorry, Jerry, around the world on his conservation initiatives with elephants. Uh, you know, so it, it's just going from strength to strength. Um, it, it's, it's, it was, it, obviously, it was a huge, huge um, thing for me to leave Dublin Zoo Paddy after, you know, my dad, 52 years, me, 37 years. But I kind of said to myself, I got to the point, if I don't do it now, I'll never, ever do it. Yeah. And I, I'm, so, I'm so proud I did. I'm so proud of the book. Uh, I'm so proud of, you know, where I am now in terms of, 
you know, making a difference. Uh, and I got to keep it going. You know, it's just a passion that burns really strongly inside me. Something that makes me proud. Um, something that makes you know to be able to think that you know I'm out there changing a life for for people and for elephants. It's just so it's just so rewarding. It's incredibly rewarding. Oh, I hope that so much, you know, yes, I'm looking for adventures around the world with Jerry Creighton. Yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely. Let, let, let's talk again, Patty. I'd be delighted. And thanks for, you know, giving me the opportunity to express some, some of my passions. As as you know, you're you're a fellow elephant person. You know exactly where I'm coming from. You, I mean, you have the same passions that, you know, we, we just need to get the message out there. We need to work together. We need to care. We just can't stop caring. Yeah. Jerry, thank you so much for, for joining me. Yeah. my pleasure safe travels wherever you're heading off next and uh and yeah keep this man just keep up the good work thank you that's it let's let's keep talking i hope we can do this again patty absolutely take care my friend